you don't know which direction to go, and you're so lost you can't even remember how you got there, so you can't go back. It can be a geographic location, or it could be a moral and spiritual confusion, but it's not a good feeling. There's a sense of helplessness, and especially if nobody knows where you are, and you're out there, and you're just lost. Uh, the years we spent in Africa, we got lost a lot. <laughs> and uh, it was like uh, some of the kids were saying a while ago, you got to be careful who you ask because you're out in the villages and you stop and you ask a man or a woman on the street or you, or you stop and you go in the store and you ask somebody and they'll always give you directions. Now, they may not have a clue, but they're embarrassed to tell you that they don't have a clue, so they'll always give you directions. And if you follow those directions, you may be out and you're looking around and you're out in the middle of nowhere because you're listening to the wrong people. And so um, I used to travel with the, the principal of the seminary, was uh, Moshe. Moshe was Sutu. And he was one of these guys who knew everybody. You could go up to Central Africa or North Africa and you could say, I'm a teacher at this school. Oh, do you know my good friend Moshe? <laughs> yeah, he was one of those guys. And he got along with everybody. And uh, so because of um, situations and everything, I traveled with him quite a bit. Oftentimes it'd just be the two of us. And, we'd be, and he got lost. He had the worst sense of direction anybody I ever met. And we'd always get lost, but he knew you know, he would just stop and talk with people and visit with them and carry on, and they'd give him the right directions. And we always got where we were supposed to. We weren't sure how we got there, but we always got there. So Moshe, he was, uh, he was a good guy to have with you when you're out and doing things like that. One of the great things about walking with the Lord is that he gives you instructions. He gives you a map, a guideline. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, these are part of the old ways, the ancient paths that Jeremiah was talking about. Ask for the, the good way. Part of that is contained in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And now, o Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Now, he tells you um, the way of the Lord and what that partly does is he's talking to us about the law that God had given to them. And the law for the Israelites was not something that was dead and dry and dull. At Mount Sinai, it was a very uh, exciting, life-producing, life-giving document. Because what it was, it was a, a tremendous act of God's grace talking to these people who had been in captivity for about 400 years, slavery in a land filled with idolatry. It was God telling them, this is who I am. It was a tremendous act of God's grace and revelation of his nature and his character. 
And he's saying, what kind of a God is it that you serve? This is the kind of God that you serve. What does it mean to walk with him? How do we live that out? This is the way. This is what you do. This is how you respond. And it was a pretty comprehensive um, instruction and revelation there. This became the, the map, the guideline, the revelation of the nature and character of God. And to give you an idea how effective it was, um, most people, if they're familiar at all with the Bible, any part of it, the part that they will be the most familiar with is probably the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms was people's response of worship and prayer to the law, the revelation of God. That's what it was. So as you read through the Psalms, and that, that covers every emotion, every aspect of life that you can think of, the, the good and the bad, the ugly, it's all there in the book of Psalms. Uh, the confusion, the fear, the victory, the defeats, um, all there in the Psalms. And David makes it very clear. In your law, I meditate day and night. Now, the law was old by the time that David was there, 500 years at least, probably more than that. And yet David read that constantly. And he used it to guide his decisions and the way that he lived his life. And as a result, he's called a man after God's own heart, one of God's friends. And so he was a man that um, didn't always do things right, but even when he failed he turned back to God and found what he was looking for there. So God has given him. These are the ancient ways that Jeremiah speaks about, the good ways, the paths that will lead us to find rest for our souls. Now Isaiah had a, uh, lived a couple hundred years before Jeremiah, about 150. He also has a very similar statement. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 51... Starting with verse 1, and note the instructions that he gives. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. And so he talks about this, and as he goes on, he's talking about Abraham and Sarah uh, being the rock from which they were cut out of. And Abraham and Sarah were the, the founders of the nation, uh, genetically, and also spiritually, because through their long lives, uh, God worked with them and dealt with them, and as they responded to him, they began to grow in faith and obedience. And that's what Isaiah is instructing his people. If you're looking to know God, pursuing righteousness, seeking after Him, then we look to the old ways, the ancient ways, the paths of those who've gone before us, and we see the victories that they won and the defeats that they suffered, and we can be encouraged through the hope and the victory that they won, and we can be instructed by the defeats. We know what not to do. And Paul, in his letter to Corinthians, saying these things were written for our benefit, so he says, look to the Abraham, your father. And he continues in Isaiah 51, verse 4, Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. 
My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. So he's telling them, this is the way. This is the path. This is the good way that you walk in it. Now, the problem with the people of Isaiah's day, the problem with the people of Jeremiah's day, and the problem with many of us, even in the church today, because Isaiah and Ezekiel, both writing to God's people, both calling them back to repentance and faithfulness to God. But on Isaiah 53, 6, a passage that we're very familiar with, the problem is, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the problem is, like sheep, we decide we have a better idea or a better way, or we follow the wrong advice, and we go the wrong direction. And we've gone, each of us, to his or her own way instead of the way of the Lord instead of walking in the path, the guidelines that he has set before us. We will allow situations or circumstances or our own selfishness to come in between us and God. And we make the focus of our universe on ourself instead of upon the Lord. So Jeremiah has a similar experience with the people of his day. So he's, in, he's writing to them and he's calling them back to look to the ancient ways, the things that they know to be true. And as Holly shared, the problem was they said, we will not walk in that path. We will not listen. Um, Isaiah talks about people who have hidden their eyes and stopped their ears. So the problem comes very specifically in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 15. He tells us why. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 15. Yet my people have forgotten me. They burn incense to worthless idols. That means um, false gods. So they burn incense, their worship. Uh, incense is a symbol of their prayers to worthless idols, which made them stumble in their ways and in the ancient paths. So he's talking to his people. They're walking down the right road, but then they began to get their focus off of God and onto the things or the idols around them, the false gods, security or the government or the environment or the circumstances of the situation or the people that we're with or our friends or our uh, husbands or wives. We get our focus off and we try to make them God. We try to draw from them which, that which only God can give. And these are false gods. And what that happens is, is then as we're walking down in the way of the Lord, then we start to stumble and we start to fall. Now, Jeremiah goes on. These idols made them stumble in their ways and in the ancient paths. They made them walk in bypaths or side roads, on, on roads not built up. So they begin to stumble, and then they begin to take detours or bunny trails, and they led them astray. So it wasn't as if they didn't know the ancient paths. Uh, Jeremiah 18 
Here it tells them. They were walking along the ancient paths, but then they got their focus off. Their values began to change, and they began to stumble and fall. Therefore, their land will be laid waste, an object of lasting scorn. All who pass by will be appalled and shake their heads. Like a wind from the east, I will scatter them before their enemies. I will show them my back and not my face in the day of their disaster. So what was their response? They wanted to destroy Jeremiah. They didn't want to change. Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah had run into a similar problem in his day. In Isaiah chapter 28, verse 12, God says, This is the resting place, let the weary west rest, and this is the place of repose. But they would not listen. So again, like the days of Jeremiah, they refused to listen. Later on, Isaiah chapter 30, starting with verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. So it's so sad. He's talking to his people, people who know the ancient paths, who are walking in them. They begin to stumble because life is hard and we run into obstacles and opposition and all of us face those, don't we? Uh, and so the, then when that happens, we have a, a question to answer. And the question is, who or whom do you trust? And if we've been instructed and if we know the Lord, we know who to trust. We put our trust and hope in God. We allow his peace to to deal with the doubts and the fears and the anxieties. We trust him and we go forward, walking in the ways that he has promised us. Later on in chapter 30, it says, This is the place repentance and rest is your salvation. Quietness and rest is your strength. You said, nope. And so he says, okay. You said, we will flee on horses. God says, all right, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. God says, okay, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away till till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet, And here's the grace of God. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. So do you want to live a blessed life? Circumstances, situations, opposition. Blessed are all who wait for him. And he says that if they wait, here's the blessing. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. 
Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So he goes from the trumpet blast to the voice. This is the way, walk in it. But you have to listen. And the people of Isaiah's day and Jeremiah's day had stopped their ears. Isaiah chapter 26, he gives a further promise. Starting with verse 10, uh, verse 7, 7 through 10. The path of the righteous is level. That's the ancient path. That's the highway of the Lord. The path of the righteous is level, O upright one. Upright one, um, the Hebrew word is jeshurun. It's a, a, a pet name, a nickname that God has given to Israel. The upright one, the righteous one. You make the way of the righteous smooth. And here's the key, verse 6. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws. That's the ancient ways, the old paths. Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When the adversity and the difficulties come, where do you turn? That's who you worship. Pastored churches in the Rio Grande Valley, and um, there were, at the end of the street where we lived, way at the other side of town, uh, one up into the street where the church was. Um, there were the the um, uh, witchcraft shops, um, where you could get spells, and put curses on people, could make people fall in love with you, or increase your business, or or make the people that you're opposed to sick. Whatever you wanted, you could find there. And there were people who were in church every Sunday. And when difficulties came and crisis came, that's where they went. In church every Sunday. So who did they worship? Sometimes when crisis comes, we start looking around. We're looking for somebody to help us out. Uh, if we look to people, they're going to fail us. Sooner or later, they're going to fail us. Uh, because we're people. And we have failed others in our time as well. So who do we look to? If we look to self, well, I'm going to have to help myself because nobody else is here. You're going to fail. You will fail. So when the crisis comes, who do you look for? Isaiah says, my soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. I think that's a sad statement. That's a sad statement. When your judgments come upon the earth, then the people learn righteousness. Why does it take that to get our attention? So we can kick, we can say it's against the law to pray in schools until the crises come, until terrorist attacks or there's a natural disaster and then everybody wants to pray. But they don't pray when things are good. 
and when things are, are going well. Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is a listing of the curses for disobedience. When you get a chance, read chapter 28. It will scare you. And then pick up the newspaper and you will see what he's talking about. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we want to look at verses 45 through 48. And these are horrible things that he's been talking about, all these curses. And he says, verse 45, this is the summary. All these curses will come upon you, God's people, they will pursue you, these curses, and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the Lord your God and observe the commands and decrees He gave you. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and to your descendants forever. Here's why. Because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity. Therefore, in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies of the Lord sins against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. And that's where Jeremiah comes in. Because you remember Jeremiah, he's the guy with the iron yoke. This is where he got it. So it's because these curses come because they did not joyfully and gladly Serve the Lord in the time of prosperity because we want all the blessings of God, but we don't want any of the responsibilities. And we can't have it both ways. So God offers them. Um, you're going to hear a voice behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Now Paul's going to tell us that this is a matter of trust in God. It's going to tell us that everything that does not come from faith is sin. And he's going to tell us that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Uh, the faith has to be more than just a theory or a good concept or a nice thing to believe in. It has to have flesh and blood and bones. You've got to put it into practice. And so what is this way? Ask where the good way is. The way can be a path or a road, normally followed by travelers. It can refer to a person's moral conduct. We would say their way of life or their lifestyle. That's the way that he's talking about. And God's will and judgments and purposes are also expressed as the way, as we saw in Deuteronomy 10. In the early church, in the book of Acts, it says that they were first called Christians at Antioch. What were they called before that? The way. the way. That was what they were called, and that's what they're mostly referred to in the book of Acts. I count one, two, three, four, five, at least six times in the book of Acts where it talks about Christian people as followers of the way. Look for the way, the old paths, the ancient paths. Jesus is the fulfillment of those things. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20, talks about Jesus, who is the new and living way. He's not just an old road. It's a personal relationship. And then you remember in Matthew chapter 11, 
Jesus gives the invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. Exactly what Jeremiah had offered them. Look for the old ways, the ancient paths, where the good way is and walk in it, you will find rest for your souls. And Jesus is offering that in Matthew 11. Come and learn who I am. And then later on, of course, in John chapter 14, he makes it even clearer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, the way of access, the right direction, the way to go. And if we want to know the ancient path that's now made new because it's in the person of Jesus Christ, then we look to him. So how do we live when things are difficult and when circumstances are bad? We keep our feet on the path that leads to Jesus Christ. We look to him in faith and trust. And when we do that, we find rest for our souls. The security, the peace, the future, the hope that's there. It's the, he is the good way. And he invites us to enter into that. So we can be, we are, in the same position that the people of, that Moses talked to in Deuteronomy, the people that Isaiah spoke to in his day, the people that Jeremiah spoke to, the people that Paul spoke to. We are living in days when our country is at a, Christ, a crossroads. We really are. And we're heading down the wrong path as a nation. So it's up to us as individuals and as a church to say, Lord, we will take our stand with our eyes upon you. We will seek the ancient paths and the good way. We will take the yoke of Christ upon ourselves and learn from him the things that we need he becomes the fulfillment of. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful that in this day of moral and spiritual confusion, this day of ethical compromise, this day of looking to other gods, that you've spoken so clearly and signposted the road so definitely and made the offer so graciously anew and afresh. Seek me and live. Lord, we pray that you would give us the wisdom that those in the past have failed. The wisdom that would choose to unstop our ears, open our eyes, humble our hearts before you, and in repentance and quietness is our peace. You are our salvation. You are our hope. Help us to trust in you as you lead us and direct us into the fullness of life that you came to give. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So what way are you walking these days? Does it seem confusing, um, not clear, uncertain? Where are we? as people of God, because all of these things we read today were written to people of God.
Sadly, um, Jeremiah and Isaiah's day, majority of the people uh, refused to listen. Majority of God's people refused to listen. And so when you reject grace, all that's left is judgment because he's a righteous God and he is a God of justice. And so we have a choice to make. Um, and Jesus talked about it, you remember? The, the parable of the broad way and the narrow way. And so he tells us, gives us signposts. Jesus says, I am the way. If you want to come to God, this is the direction you have to go. Everything else, we're in serious trouble. Proverbs says it about three times. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it leads to death. So I don't know about you, I'm not wise enough to know the difference. That's why we need to, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the teaching of the Word of God. That's why we need the living presence of Christ in our hearts and lives. So he calls us and invites us to come. And as people of God, we can hear or we can stop our ears. We can humble ourselves and seek the ancient paths or we can be like those in the past who said, we will not hear, we will not walk, we will not listen. We are going to go our own way. And so Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, says, I've set before you the way of life and the way of death. And he pleads with his people, therefore, choose life. And they chose death. So that's a choice that we make. And it's not just a once-off choice, is it? We make many choices every day along these lines. Every day. And so that's why the hope is and the promise is that if we come to the Lord uh, and he says, take my yoke upon you, it's not him sitting over here saying, okay, now you pull the load. It's a double yoke and he's there with us. So Isaiah says, thanks be to God who daily, daily bears our burdens. That's the God that we serve, the burden bearer. Don't have to carry it alone. David in the Psalms, cries out to God and he says, my sin and the circumstances that I found, they crushed me and they overwhelmed me. Fled on the ground with a weight he couldn't get off of. And he cries out to God and God lifted his burden and set him free. Now the way that he did that was through sending his son to die on the cross for us. So as we come for the communion this morning, we're remembering that the God we serve is the way. And we don't walk that way by ourselves. He comes to us and walks that way with us. And when we're overcome and burdened with burdens we cannot bear, he's there to lift us up and to help us carry the load. And so he comes to us and he finds us in our need like he did with David. And because of his great love and mercy, he offers to walk with us. So 